Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Scoutcast. My name is Joe. My name is Seb. My name is Rich. Welcome everyone. Welcome back Rich. I think it was December you were last on. Um, I th- yeah, I think it was. I remember having a lot of Leeds players and I remember I was on a minus eight. I think yes. that was before bad double game week that got cancelled. And <laughs> hey presto, you're back on coincidentally with another bunch of hits as well. So we'll come to that shortly. Um, <laughs> Seb, what is coming up in the show? Sure. So we are looking at the the flared jeans of the FBL world, if you like. Those things are horrible and out of fashion until Joe points out they're back in fashion. And uh, maybe they are. So we're going to have another little look at that. They've they've done well recently. Uh, Speaking of back in fashion, we are having a look at Leeds, in fact, just for you, Rich. Uh, Some good performances recently. See if we can carry that forward. Uh, And looking as well at players who maybe aren't in fashion anymore those those players those bigger players that we've had we've had big points from we've maybe predicted big points from your fernandez's your jota's are they maybe not as attractive anymore and of course we'll look at all the usual stuff uh we have rough with the smooth we'll look ahead to game week 34 with transfers and captains but before all of that joe's going to show off about a uh, a striker pitch yeah, uh, pick in game week 33 right yeah so one of the sections we're going to talk about is unfashionable players as you said um because a couple of weeks ago we had a list of unfashionable players and um i got a few pelters on social media for it you know why are you um you know recommending these players but one of those players was indeed chris wood who i got in and so yeah i'm the smug chris wood owner there's only about five of us um but myself and David, who we did the Catsy video this morning. So um, surprisingly, I ended up with my best game week of the season. I don't think it will get better than this. But yeah, game week, a game week rank of 15,000. Um, so 76. Um, my overall rank has gone from 180k to 114. Um, and I have, um, yeah, Chris Wood, Ian Acho and Shaw uh, were amongst the standouts there. And um, also last week's captaincy video, we were talking about the captaincy and I didn't go for Salah because I preferred Iheanacho because he was more in form and the Palace defence was much worse than the Newcastle defence. Um, in the end, if you look at you know the XG stats, Newcastle should have conceded more. But nevertheless, I, you know it did indeed transpire. And when I saw Fabinho was going to be back in defence and not in midfield, I felt a little bit better about that move and I didn't think Salah was going to um, get a huge haul um, but you know did he did well 
So I'm pretty pleased with that. Um, I, I had Cody as well. <laughs> but, you know, with Chris Wood just get piling on the points, I didn't mind. I didn't mind him, well, minus even. 44 points from your yeah. two strikers there. So uh, I think you can take a little Cody on the side. Yeah, so I'm okay with that. So, yeah, that this is one of those rare, nice games. Chris Wood's 2% owned, does well. I always got him, you know, hey presto, move up the ranking. So we'll talk about more about that a bit later. Um Luckily for you, Rich, um, not luckily your score, because um, you've got <laughs> 34 points, but luckily for you, Seb has kindly got a worse score than you this week. So you're not last, you're in the middle. Um, and just for the benefit of those listening to the podcast, um, you took a minus eight, got Martinez in goal, Consa, Target, Alexander-Arnold, Luca Dean, Lingard, Jota, Salah, Madison, Vardy, captain, Iheanacho, vice-captain. And then you've got the... Uh, Leeds and Spurs lads on the bench, Rafina, Ailing, and Kane. So yeah, you took the, the minus eight. You know who who was in, who was out, and are you happy about that? Yeah, I mean I'm not overly happy. And thank you, Seb, for having a slightly worse score um, than me. And well done on your score, Joe. I mean that's that's incredible, and it's hard Don't to thank follow me. that. Thank Chris Wood. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so the minus eight I did. I was umming and ahhing because I had Phillips and I didn't have Trent. And the only way I could get to Trent and also triple up on Leicester was to basically bring in Trent, Madison and Matt Target for a minus eight. There were reasons behind it. And I, I think it was quite tough on Friday because I, th- I thought the rumours seemed to be that Phillips was going to be injured. I'm sorry, Phillips was going to be fine yeah. and Jota was going to be injured. And then it completely <laughs> flipped yeah. after Klopp's press conference and it completely threw me. The reason I've gone for Target is purely just speculating. I mean, we know for sure they've got a double game week and that they're not going to blank. So I just went for Target, even though I already have Martinez in Conza. I hoped they'd have a clean sheet against West Brom. But I mean, with a double and then a good game week, potentially in 36, you know, I was quite happy to do that. And it enabled me to get Trent. And I mean, Vardy captain, it was a bit of a coin flip, really. But my rank's not great. So I just thought I'd go for the, you know, the player Vardy, who's mm-hmm. a bit harder to get to. Yeah. Um, so I threw the armband on him. And I mean, it, he was unlucky. I, you know, he could have scored as many points as Ian Acho yesterday. Um, I don't think he's finished. Um, and I'm, I'm going to just keep the faith now. Madison is a slight worry. Um, but with those Leicester guys, I'm just going to have to go the distance now. I mean... Your captaincy may may be Kane for next week, but if mm. if you didn't have Kane or if Spurs fixture was bad or they weren't playing, would you now switch your attention as a Vardy and Iheanacho owner to captaining Iheanacho above Vardy? Do you have a uh, an acceptance or a, a feeling that Iheanacho is actually the main the main man there now and Vardy isn't? I think the only thing that would worry me, and I'm not saying Vardy's going to be dropped, but they've obviously got a lot of games mm. and that game is only on Friday as well. They've got a really short turnaround. So I think for because of minutes and obviously because of his points and form, I think I would go in Iheanacho. Mm. Can't say his name. Yeah. I would go Iheanacho um, over Vardy now. Um, it is a tough one though. It is a tough one. Yeah. Um, because obviously Vardy has that pedigree, doesn't he? Well, that's it. I mean, that's one of the reasons I, I got him in. My my one transfer was Kane out for Vardy. So now I have a situation, yeah. which we'll talk about a bit later. Kane's going to be a well, very popular captain, and he's rather good. Um, but yeah, what to do with Vardy? Who makes way? Are we both already... penalties. Sorry, Seth. Are we already falling into that trap that we're going to talk about in a moment ago? You said they're, you know, Vardy's pedigree. 
I, I totally get what you mean, but we're going, oh, his history from scoring goals or whatever. Ian Acho possibly maybe looks a little bit better when we watch him play. I believe he has the better stats. He's got the better points returned recently. If you remove their names from that piece of paper, I'm not sure there's anything that points at Vardy. No, I don't think Pen- there is. Pen- penalties, maybe penalties. Yeah, yeah fair. I think but I mean, right. they haven't had one of those recently and those are tough yeah. to predict. Fair enough, over the season, you have a penalty taker. Well, I mean, if we're looking at, you know, four or five matches left. I mean, I got him in get one, for, get none. for, you know, to, to hopefully climb up the rankings because he's one of those players that can be explosive, not necessarily is being, but can be. And I presumably that's why you got him in as well, Rich. Um is that you know Vardy? You know, as we've seen, has been a game changer over over the years. And you know, it's not it's not that he's suddenly awful or anything. <laughs> I mean, he's still a great no. player. Um, well, he's actually. I got him on my wild card in game week twenty six, and yeah. I mean, he's actually got. It's only one more point, but he's got more points than Salah. One more point over yeah. the last. I think it's five, six, and seven game weeks. And obviously, he's got a positional disadvantage as well. Obviously, they've been in the same games. Like he's had two double-digit hauls, um, the Sheffield United game. I mean, he he got three assists and he should have scored a couple as well. But then maybe it does back up what Seb's saying about, you know, look, not maybe looking at the pedigree because his finishing's not been no. great. <laughs> and also we, we are thinking, I mean, it's hard. I mean, it's, it's like a running joke, isn't it? Every time Leicester play, every time Southampton play, the 9-0 uh, scoreline comes up in commentary everywhere. And that's, that is at the back of my mind. It is at the back of... Of all this is going to happen again <laughs> but two reasons I don't think it is Vardy's not that same player but more importantly Southampton there's no way they're going to set up to be thumped 9-0 and there was a sending off that game as well everyone's going to be on their best behaviour and they're going to play like the San Marino defence it's going to be 10, 10 blokes behind the well, you would hope anyway. I mean, what was the what was the return fixture that season? Was it one one or yeah, something? Yeah, exactly. I, I, I'm pulling that off the top of my head, but it wasn't nine nil. It wasn't yeah. three nil or something. I'm pretty sure you know we we saw it coming, and it was a pretty moderate result. I mean, it would be. I mean, if I get rid of Vardy and they beat Southampton nine nil, and he scores a hat trick, I actually would laugh at that because it would just be funny. <laughs> it would be so disastrous. It'd be funny. And uh, I put myself in the rough with the smooth. Um, Seb, let's move on to your um, game week. So this looks like one of those weeks where you take your medicine, but you're actually looking good going forward. Um, so yeah, do you want to run through your team and, and what happened? You got 32. Do I, so, yeah. do I want to run through my team, Joe? Well, yeah, yeah. It saves, saves me reading out. <laughs> um, okay, so I've got Martinez in goal. Trent Alexander-Arnold, who was my captain, Luke Shaw, uh, Dina Ailing Pereira, who did not play, Jota Rafina, who didn't play, Watkins, Kane, didn't play, Bamford, one point, and then a bench of players who didn't play, Lloris, De Bruyne, Gundogan, and Son. Mm. So the theme there clearly is players who didn't play. Yeah, you only had eight I knew it was coming. Yeah. You know, mo- <laughs> yeah. mo- most of those, apart from uh, Pereira, most of those I knew probably weren't going to play. And it wasn't one of those. I'm not going to take 12, 15, 16, whatever points to to go and fix that. Um, I mean, realistically, looking at that now and thinking hard about it, I probably don't think I'm going to win FPL anymore. No. The thing that, okay, here's, here's a bit of, here's a, something optimistic about it. You only had eight players playing. Five of those eight returned, got attacking returns. So, you know, as a percentage of your actual playing players, you did nail it in terms of the ones that did play. They all got something, uh, except for the captaincy. But, um yeah, it just so happens that the captain was one of those ones that blanked. So yeah, I mean, the, cap- the captain, I, I didn't mind that captain shout at all. I thought, um, was it a last minute goal from Newcastle? Trent 
I'm not saying he was close to scoring, but he had a go. Uh, there was a couple of chances for an assist there. I think I was quite, and I think he was second on bonus behind Robertson yeah. before they conceded. Yeah. So close to a decent haul there, but hey, you know, close is nothing, right? So fair enough. My my other option realistically was what? Jota, maybe Watkins. It's not like either of them went crazy. Jota got one point. And then, yeah, going forward, the team looks okay. I like that it looks a little bit different to other people's, mm. which obviously is the reason I'm in this situation, but it's also the reason I don't want to go and change it. Like, that's gone now. I have fallen behind. If I go and grab all the players that you've got, I'm just going to stay behind. And I'd have to spend points to do it. Well, so I'm happy to hold Chris on Wood, to that team. Because still, he's only 98% <laughs> yeah, of the players have. don't have him. I, I did consider Bamford to either Chris Wood or more likely Inacho. Clearly, either of those moves would have been a better mm. move. I did Cancelo to Pereira in the end, a player who didn't play for a player who unfortunately didn't play. I thought he would because he'd obviously had his rest. Um, and I liked their I liked their chances. I mean, Castagna scored, which was yeah. unfortunate because I was weighing him up as well. Yeah, he but, was, yeah. He, I, I'd got Alonso and it was a perfect swap and I didn't do it. And I do kick myself a bit. But I was worried about, because I was talking to a few uh, FPL Foxy, a few other Leicester fans on, in the community. And... One of the things that worried me was something that didn't transpire was that Castagna is much better on the again, this is why we're around the right. Um, but when Pereira comes in, the feeling was that there was a possibility Castagna would move over to the left, of which he's much less effective. So I thought, well, basically, I'm paying five point seven million for an ineffective defender. However, he played on the right and he was effective and he scored. So he's great. And also they were saying that there is a possibility, even if Pereira does come in, Pereira would actually play on the left because Rod, Brendan Rodgers is very keen on Castagno on the right now. And I think yeah. that was the way it transpired in the semi FA Cup semi-final. It, it did indeed. Yeah, Pereira was on the left. So, I mean, he's playing Friday night. We've discussed the, uh, the Leicester Southampton match. So hopefully there's another opportunity there. And realistically, looking at my team, I think it's very much a case of, you know, you can see I used my wildcard back in 26, 27, something like that, and haven't been able to get the team that others have had during this period. And thus the difference in team and points. And like I said, I'm happy to hold on to the players I've got going forward because now there's a there's a little bit of difference in there. Some players will hopefully some good fixtures. So we'll, we'll cover a bit of ground before the season ends. We'll, we'll come to it later with your team. But yeah, the good, the more good news. I'm full, full of good news today. The um, City are playing the worst defence and you've got two of their players. Leeds fixtures completely turn. You, you, you've got Leeds triple up already and you have a double Spurs and they play Sheffield United. So um, things are looking up. Definitely. Um, let's um, Thanks, cheer, Joe. And cheer you up a bit more by someone who's done even worse. Well, actually, he hasn't. He's got a really good score this week, but it's a good rough with the smooth. Um, it's a guy, uh, Jason Gordon, on uh, FPL Twitter and community, uh, <laughs> kindly put forward his mate. He said, ha, 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 my mate, ha, ha, and, <laughs> and supplied me with his team. So, um, Jason Smith, um, you got a good score of 54 because he got 58 with a minus four. But it's a case of what could have been. Because if you look at this team here, so he's got Martinez, uh, Cody, Shaw, Alexander-Arnold, Veltman, so far so okay. Salah, Lingard, Greenwood, Jota, you know, good players, but you know, didn't, didn't return. Watkins and Ian Acho, captain, so he did okay. But on the bench there, bench Chris Wood. He genuinely thought he was, had played Chris Wood because he hadn't checked his team. And he thought, so he, was all, he, was, he said he was cheering at first Chris Wood's points. But then he realised he hadn't he hadn't played him, um, and to make matters worse, Rudiger there. So um, classic rough with a smooth, pretty good game week, well above the average, but 
28 points sitting on the bench from two players. That's um, And Wood has given him, made Cody get naught points just to run yes, in that Yeah, that's more. it. And, <laughs> and that was something I was considering last week. I think I said on the Scoutcast, my main decision of the week is do I play Cody or Chris Wood? Oh, to think back to that time. That's a that was, that's a really nice point because the Chris Wood one, I think, you know, you've called it and credit to you that he was looking good and he might yeah. be getting a haul. But to get it in this match, yeah. it's quite a nice it's quite a nice sort of anyone who's picked him for this period of fixtures with the good stats, fair play, you deserve it. Mm. To pick him in this individual match against the Wolves defence that is okay and possibly looking to improve recently, I think what they sort of fifth, sixth maybe in XGC in the last six, it was probably a surprise that the Hall came in this match. Hence no one captaining him, I guess. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I expect goals with him, but obviously against Wolves, I, my, my impression was the Wolves defence was looking better with a back three, volley back. But it, 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 I can't even express it without swearing. They were awful. <laughs> really, really bad. Um, uh, so I won't swear. So before I do, uh, I'll move on so I don't swear. Um, unfashionable picks. So as we said, obviously Chris Wood gets mentioned. The table I've got up here is something we, we showed two weeks ago. So this is old. This is out of date. These are out of date stats. This is ahead of the, on the scout cast, ahead of game week 32. We did a section on fashionable players. I'm fairly unfashionable, I called it. And these were the players that, for whatever reason, people just don't want in their team. So they're low owned and people laugh whenever you suggest getting them in. I myself kept Chris Wood a secret on my wildcard because I just couldn't face the pelters I was going to get. And um, But nevertheless, so look at these players here. So you've got Richarlison, uh, Lacazette, who ended up being injured, uh, Chris Wood, Vidra, Lingard, Jesus. As I said, these are unfashionable picks. So people still laugh at Lingard. I think that slightly ended a bit now. But So uh, uh, Diane uh, at West Brom, uh, Callum Wilson, Newcastle, Connolly at Brighton, uh, Havertz at Chelsea, Dwight Gale at Newcastle and Callum Robinson. West Brom so these were all players who I thought people would either laugh at don't want in their team and but out of that lot um, yes there are some blanks and yes there's a bit of injury but nevertheless looking at that there Chris Wood three goals and assist Lingard a goal Deanne uh, assist Gale Dwight Gale an assist I have to keep repeating that Dwight Gale alert an assist Richarlison an assist and in fact you know Leno well, scored for him. So um, he did well. And Callum Wilson, I thought, looked good. And I thought he was, you know, unlucky, unlucky not to get on the score sheet against Liverpool. So there are options there. So it clearly pays to sort of alter your mindset a bit, have a clean slate to these unfashionable players. Because some will come good. Not saying all of them will, but some of them will. Um, So what we're going to do now is I'm going to put up a new list and let's see how we go with it. So um, here, here is the new fashionable list. Last four matches, this is. And so I've sorted it by uh, big chances again. So these are the latest list of players that I don't think people are really considering. I haven't seen people talking about, and for whatever reason, they're a bit unfashionable. So Chris Wood, absolutely top. So still on fire. Um, big chances, he had five there. And chances, chances created six, 10 shots on target. 14 shots inside the box. I think David was telling me on the Capsi video that over the last six weeks, he is top for shots on target. Um, so there we go. Um, so he's done even better since two weeks ago. Calvert-Lewin returning. Still five big chances in his last four. Um, Havertz again, if he plays, could do well. Dwight Gale moving up the table. Dwight Gale's getting better and better. <laughs> uh 
Jared Bowen. Who wants Jared Bowen when they can get last unfashionable pick, Lingard? But Bowen, good pick, playing up front with Antonio's absence. This one I like, Fern Torres at Man City. Four big chances. Is, is, is he in Man City's beating? I would argue he is. And in a game sandwiched between Champions League, he could be a shrewd buy against Palace. Matias Pereira at West Brom. Who wants a West Brom player? Well, this guy is really good. <laughs> three big chances. Uh, expected goal involvement, well over three. Chances created nine. He's got a bit of everything. Eight shots on target, six shots inside the box. Um, and of course, the important one, he's scored four goals in the last four matches. Um, he's a player I'm seriously considering, despite the fixtures turning rather nicely for West Brom, despite him not having a double. But he's capable of big hauls, big differential. Welbeck at Brighton. Martinelli at Arsenal if he's going to get time. Pulisic at Chelsea if he gets time. And Joe Ellington, the ultimate unfashionable pick. Joe Ellington at Newcastle. And Newcastle players could be, you know, bad fixtures, but, you know, nevertheless are getting returns recently. Um, so anyway, that's my spiel. They're the unfashionable guys. Um, let's go for you first, Rich. You know, what What do you think of these unfashionable players? Are, are you tempted to go for them? Are you Are you already going for them? <laughs> you know, what's, what's your mindset about this? Yeah, the second I saw this list, there were two that stood out to me oh. that I would consider. So one of them was Calvert-Lewin, who I, I had to sell him recently for Iheanacho. But I kind of wouldn't mind getting Calvert-Lewin back, knowing he's got the double, mm. knowing he you know has a good game after the double. Obviously, we don't know the doubles, but... I'm just assuming that in my mind. Um, so he'd be one I'd like. I just don't know if I'd have the spot for him. But actually, the one that really interests me is Ferran Torres. Yeah. More because I, I look at Seb's team, for example, and me and him had sim- quite similar teams a few weeks ago, but I've done all the minus eights, whereas mm. Seb's stuck patient. And yeah, trying to predict those City players, like Torres, like Foden, that really does appeal to me. And I do want to get some more City back before the end of the season. I think to try and climb rank, I'm going to have to get one in, mm. go late riser style, captain them, cross well, my fingers. 40 points. Could be an Aguero match, by the way. <laughs> uh, Palace. Yeah, uh, it could be. Could um, be. But, you know, looking at that as well, there's, um, I'll just read out some community questions and then I'll come to, come to Seb for these unfashionable, uh, his views on the unfashionable picks as well. But FPL Evolution says, should we target teams with a potential 35 who also play in 36? But, but we don't know when the doubles are, but basically they're not going to blank, but they will double. And that is Everton, Southampton, Villa and Palace. Well, there are some names um, amongst those teams there. Not many. Um, Tony, should we consider Dwight McNeil? So forget Chris Wood, get the assister. Um FPL Miher is Chris Wood essential? Yes. Um, Comrade K, <laughs> who supplied some really good double digit um, return uh, data to me earlier today on uh, FPL on the commit- Twitter community. But he said Chris Wood has scored as many goals this week as all of the big six clubs put together. There we go. Nice little stat there. Um, so, yeah, Seb, what do you reckon? <laughs> unfashionable. I mean, can we woo you with these unfashionable picks? I mean,. I guess the thing with the list, as we saw in your last list, is probably to be discerning with it. Mm. So there's there's a dozen or so players there, of which I wouldn't say the success rate is actually that high, but we don't need it to be. We just need to grab the one that, yeah. you know, if you built a team out of these players, you'd do very badly. 
but we only need one or two in our team maybe to facilitate other options, as you've seen with Chris Wood as well, not only facilitating, but becoming one of your best point scorers. So as Rich pointed out there, Calvert-Learn seems a good one, that mix between maybe falling out of fashion, but we know, to use that word from earlier, we know he's got the pedigree so far this season and that he can return points. There's probably some there that I maybe still wouldn't look at, and maybe that's my mistake, but Martinelli or Welbeck, people who I don't think are going to get either the game time or the opportunities to turn those into the returns I'd want. Mm. Um, Dwight Gale, still not entirely convinced. Kai Havertz, if he was nailed, I'd love to pick him. He's one I've got my eye on for next season. Um, so yeah, I think it's about, like I say, picking that one or two who have everything going in their yeah. favour and are shown by this table and picking them in your side. Yeah, definitely. And there's some, some more names here as well, um, just just below this list. Um, so not, not as many big chances. Um, uh uh, Callum Robinson is still there. He's actually got uh, three big chances, but it's expected goal involvement just over one. Um, and Crystal Palace have got a, a good double on the horizon. Don't blank. Benteke. Bente- okay, this is, Benteke is the poster boy of this list because I, I laughed even saying his name. So <laughs> 5.5, two big chances there. Um, he's had four shots inside the box. Six, um, sorry, six inside the box, four on target. Um, and uh, he starts starting all of those matches the last four he's played. Um, and Zaha, we know about, 7.1. He's had a big chance. Um, good fixtures. You know, we know he's the Palace talisman. Um, and another player here, which is going to be a segue into the next subject, is Harrison at Leeds. Three big chances, expected to be involved in well over two goals as well. Um, but as um, Seb will hopefully tell me, um, Harrison may have been doing well because Rafina isn't in, um, but we don't know yet. So I'll, let's, let's hand, hand over to Seb and chat about Leeds and I'll put some, um, I'll put their their fixtures up. So top of our season ticker, aren't they? Sure, yeah. So they, they have the best fixtures from now till the end of the season. Probably really only one probably tough match with Tottenham, although Brighton, we know what happened last time, did a good job on us. I guess the question really is, is it time to go back to triple leads, double leads, defence, even some people are asking. A few questions here for you. We've got Conrad saying exactly that. Is it time to double up on the Leeds defence? FPL reactions. Are we at the stage where the Leeds defence is more investable than the Leeds attack? And Jules asking, is it time to get Dallas back? So I think rather than throwing a bunch of stats at you or anything, it'd be cool to have a little chat about this. Mm. But just some headlines to pull out is... We mentioned a little while ago, I forget when it was, it might have been just before game week 30, something like that, 26, 27, where Leeds' form was maybe shifting a little bit. We'd seen us being very open at the beginning of the season, conceding a lot of chances, creating a lot of chances, probably creating just enough to make up for how much we were letting in the back. We saw both those numbers dropping quite significantly around about the halfway point in the season. And so I have a little look here. So from game week one to game week 15, Leeds have an XGC of 27.13, which is the second highest, so the second worst in the league, only behind West Brom, worse than Sheffield United. And then an XG, also second, 25.86, only second to Liverpool. But then when we look at 16 to 33, Leeds come, I think it's about eighth, about mid-table for XGC Mm. with 24.53. And then XG, we come probably just a little bit further down, ninth or tenth, with 21.79. So, Clearly, we have, I mean, I'd say tightened up. It's not so much tightened up in terms of conceding fewer chances and letting so many in at the other end. It's just a little shift in style. We've seen us 
slightly less of the high press, more of a more of a mid press, choosing where we engage. And we've also in the last recent matches as well, Rodrigo isn't playing. We've lost Rafina, who we know is our best player and the most creative player. But, but also, what's the, player... what's the latest on Rafina? Because obviously, he oh, be a key I mean, target. so he's he was been a doubt for like the last couple of weeks, and Bielsa has said as much. You know, we're not sure if he's ready. He hasn't trained, or we'll see how he is. Bielsa is normally very open about those things, but I don't think we have a a nailed return date yet. It seemed we had this earlier in the season as well with Liam Cooper, where Bielsa will just say, "Oh, maybe this weekend, maybe this weekend," and it goes on for a little while. So I'm hopeful he'll be back, but unless someone else has more up-to-date information than me, I'm not certain. I'm afraid, mm-hmm. and we've seen him become very important to how we attack, both in terms of his talent and him being very good at it. But we've started to look for him. Maybe I wonder if laziness is the wrong word, but rather than maybe trying to create chances through a system, we've been looking to Rafina for it a little bit. So without him, we're lacking that attacking flair. And the changes in the midfield, we've got Dallas and Tyler Roberts who cover the ground well, they do the work well. We've seen Dallas move to a more zonal system. So in the Man United match, we actually, uh, I think we were actually poorer in a lot of defensive stats this time than in, the, than in the 6-2. But the way we set up and Man United were a lot less clinical. We saw Rashford get in a few times and fail to even convert, but create a chance. Diego Llorente is good at covering back as well, so he covered for him. So I would say while we have improved, probably converse to what we said a few weeks ago where everyone was expecting Leeds to be super open attacking and super open at the back. And we were looking at us maybe being a little more conservative in both those departments. Everyone maybe has flipped to the other side now. where like, oh, we're solid now. We should double up on the defence. I'm not entirely sure the numbers back that up fully. So we've conceded uh, an XG of over two in all of our last three matches, obviously against good sides. It's possibly more slightly luck, bit of variance. You know, we saw those two Dallas goals against Man City. I think it'd be hard to say that was anything other than lucky, if I'm completely honest. So while we've got great fixtures and while I think we have some good prospects going forward, I don't want us to get too excited, at least until we see us against Brighton. I don't know what you two think on that, though. Yeah, Rich, what do you I have a question. Yeah, I actually have a question for Seb. It's a bit selfish um, (laughs) because it doesn't impact my team. But a reason I've been looking at down the line doing double these defence is because a bit like you, I've got Eiling. So... Obviously, I want to have Dallas, but it seems very sideways doing Island to Dallas. So I'd love to know your thoughts on going Dallas over Bamford, for example. <laughs> I think, I mean, the, the the clear three feel like they are Rafina, Bamford and Dallas. But Bamford, I think he had three big chances against Liverpool off the top of my head. But his numbers have massively fallen off a cliff. Just looking at the uh, XG for the last six, for example... I can't find him on the first page. He is right down there with Richarlison. So, you know, we were looking at Richarlison <laughs> in, in your table, Joe. Well, Bamford is there. Mm. So I have Bamford still. I have Lou Gehling. The reason I have Lou Gehling is because of Price uh, a while ago in the season. And his numbers are very similar to Dallas. Yeah. I've mentioned that a few times. Though, you know, Dallas clearly is better at converting uh, those chances and those assists. So maybe the only thing that concerns me about a double defence is, I don't know, hey, maybe Dallas doesn't count as much of a defence you're hoping for attacking returns is that if we do then go and open up against these slightly weaker sides, we probably won't see the defence hold up. And I guess the argument I'm making is that the reason the defence has been impressive recently, while it has improved, we have also had some luck come with that, which is fine. That's football. But, you know, luck in the past possibly doesn't mean luck in the future. So Brighton could score against them, you're saying? I mean, you did a great job on us last time. So Mm -hmm. I'd like to think we can have the better of Brighton, but we've seen your XG numbers. They're very impressive. So I'm I'm interested in the Brighton match. Exactly. I'm interested in the Brighton match as a barometer of what's going to happen in the few after that. Okay. So we've got Tottenham, which is a little tougher, and then some pretty good fixtures towards the end. So, um, 
So essentially what you're saying is sort of the, the prudent way of looking at it would be game week 36, go Leeds, but, um, and use the next two as a, as a barometer, really. Because um, Tottenham, Tottenham aren't, you know, supposedly a big six, but they're not in good form. Brighton XG champions, but you know what's XG? You know, it's not it's not real champions. Um, but nevertheless, these are these are two teams that Leeds could could potentially get returns, clean sheets or um, attacking returns. Um, yeah, I, th- I think the last three are very attractive. And I mean, hey, you know, Brighton and Tottenham, new manager, is decent enough. If you're looking for those switches now, we were looking at is it Leicester's fixtures? I believe fall mm. off a little bit. There's maybe quite a yeah, nice switch there. You yeah. wanted to really gamble and go Ian Atcher to Bamford or a defender to a Leeds defender, something like that. I think the fixtures do shout for that. But I just want to—I don't want us to get too overconfident with you know yeah. what our results rather than necessarily underlying numbers. Okay, well I'll, I'll put some stats up. Uh, which might help people. Um, these are shots on target I've sorted this by um, last four, but we can see lots of other stats there. Um, Dallas is top, four shots on target. Joint top with Harrison, the last four matches, with four shots on target. His expected goal involvement's uh, well over two, whereas Dallas' expected goal involvement is half a goal. It's like half a ball, so it's a puncture. Um and they've so, mostly been long shots, if I recall, yeah, well, which is probably and, why that number and, is so low. And Roberts um, is in there with three shots on target. But once again, his expected goal upon was very low, um, around half a goal. Rafina, if he's fit, um, is the man. Ten chances created, two shots on target, but expected goal upon very high, over two. Bamford, hmm, I, I just think there are better options than Bamford at the moment. Not only in that price bracket, but in any price bracket. I just haven't got room for him. Six chances created, just two shots on target his last four. Um, and uh, expected goal involvement of, of over, over one, but less than two. I, I just think they were better at the moment. Um, and Rodrigo, I put in there as well, but his expected goal involvement, a fifth of a goal, whatever, that's a big puncture to that ball. Um, and two shots on target. Um, my, my two questions here, what, looking at the stats there, I, I said it at the beginning, Harrison... Why is Harrison suddenly looking like a better prospect? Is it purely because Rafinha isn't there? And the other one is Dallas. He's 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 out of position, four shots on target, scored brace against Man City. Yeah, his expected goal involvement is is like mine if I was a footballer. <laughs> so, um, um, yeah, Seb, what are we thinking? Dallas and Harrison, are they worth investing in? If Rafina's back, realistically, I think you go Rafina over Harrison. I think the numbers tell us that. I think watching Leeds play tells us that. If not, sure, quite possibly. Um, I'd feel more confident having Bamford if I had to choose between the two, just because that's where the chances generally end up. And while Harrison maybe is seeing a little bit more ball on his side, probably one of the reasons as well is we've gone, uh, you saw against Man United, we started going quite long down the channels, which I think is partially a little bit of a change in how we're playing. If we've dropped back a bit, We'll be winning the ball deeper, maybe looking to get it over people who are pressing us. You know, this is Man City, Liverpool as well. You know, there's a good teams who are going to outplay us. They're better teams. But without Rafinha as well, we are maybe missing that man that we were looking to to link things up with Dallas and Roberts in midfield. I think they've improved us defensively. But Mateus Click, when he was on form, was really our, our, our ball player, if you like. Mm. Rodrigo, while he maybe hasn't been as good as we've hoped, is creative. Rafinha is creative. So with a little more, little more pedestrian uh, group of players in there, we're maybe having to look a go a bit long. So someone like Harrison is going to get onto that. Realistically, I think you're waiting for Rafina. Okay, right. Yeah. I mean, I don't have any leads. I mean, you two, you, you've got, you've dipped your toe in leads, or you're fully stocked up in leads. 
but I'm I'm without at the moment. So I, th- I think Dallas is a fair shout. You know, it yeah. covers if we, if we are going to keep clean sheets, it'll cover that. And we know, you know, he's going to get more points for his attacking return or his goals because he's a defender in FPL. And while his attacking numbers aren't too impressive there. He's managed to turn those into goals over the season. I don't see a massive reason for that to change. I don't know how sustainable it is over the super long term, especially this disparity with Eiling. But he's managed to do it all year, even if you take the Man City match out of it, which you know really was quite fortunate, to be honest. He took them very well. But yeah. you know, if we played that match 10 more times, we'd probably lose nine of them. Well, but I think he covers so many points avenues that he is at least worth having. This yeah. is quite such a dilemma for me with Eiling and... Because I really want Dallas. It's just a case of do I bring Dallas in for Eiling or do I bring him in for something else? Because I don't know if I want to use two transfers on on Leeds players. I mean, I guess could bring in Dallas and see see what happens with Leeds. And Eiling's not bad fodder for his price, is he? Even if he does block Bamford. But then, like Joe said, there's so many good strikers at the moment. Do we have even room for someone like Bamford right now? Yeah, I, th- I think, like you say, it's maybe don't look at Leeds in isolation. If you've mm. got a better option out there or something that suits your team better, sure, go for that. I mean, I've got three leads because I held on to three leads. If I had a wild card now, I don't know if I would. I probably would have to be. You know, a combination of fixtures and, and decent numbers, not as good as they were in the season, I think makes it attractive. But if there's something better in there, if you know, it stops you holding on to your Lingard or whatever, he's probably still a better option than most leads players. Yeah. Just... And with Harrison, actually, because um, I have owned him a few times this season, and his minutes for me was such a frustration. So I don't know if Rafinha returns because he got subbed at half time a couple of times. I think Costa was in favour for a while. Um, yeah, so- Bielsa does swap. Um, so we've had when Rafinha's fit, when we've got all our wide players fit, uh, he will swap wings a little bit. And when things aren't working, he will take someone off. The thing with Harrison is that he seems to be quite ineffective off the bench. So what will typically happen, maybe even we are planning to you know swap things up with Pervader and Costa. Harrison is the one that will start and then Costa or Pervader will come off the bench because they seem to have more of an impact. Mm-hmm. And Bielsa does like those half-time substitutions if things aren't going our way. So there's every chance it would be Harrison. Okay, I mean, well, we've, we've discussed a lot of players we want or have the fixtures to, you know, definitely grab our attention like Leeds and these unfashionable picks like Chris Wood. Um, but, you know, other players have got to make way. So, Rich, over to you. What's this next section about? One, Just one oh, quick sorry. player. So sorry oh, to interrupt. Sorry. Just one quick... I'd want to throw throw in there for you. Uh, Melier in goal. Mm. If we think we're going to keep clean sheets, he'll be the one keeping them. If not, he will make saves. He has some very good save numbers this season. And I think he's a very solid goalkeeper with promising fixtures. So, one to consider. Although, as Rich has identified there, you know, if we've only got three slots, maybe he's not the one. Yeah, Um so, yeah, Rich, uh, underperforming yeah, so I've got, shields I've got hit written here. What's that about? Yeah, so underperforming shields. So we focused on unfashionable differential swords to get in earlier. Um, but which shields make way? And we've got two down. So we've got Bruno and Jota are among those the community are considering dumping. Um, now, I mean, I think for me, I think it's a bit soon on Jota. I mean, he only became in, in favour again after his injury, you know, a couple of weeks ago. He put up really good numbers against Newcastle. And really, I think those of us that own him, which is probably the majority now, we're really unlucky not to get to get double-digit hauls there. Um, Bruno, I think, is a bit more interesting. Um, and we've got some community questions. So, Vishnav, are United players still essential? Joseph has asked, when do we give up on Jota? Marky B, has Jota got to go? And then Conrad throws in a curveball with Bruno to bail. Um, yeah. That's so, what I'm thinking. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Bale or, or Son, I guess, there'd be two. But 
Joe's prepared this table. Yeah, um, it's on the screen now. Yeah. So yes. it actually, it actually looks. I mean, actually, I was surprised how high Bruno was. Um, I know that sounds crazy um, for a player who's he's still got the most points in FPL. So these are yeah last um, four matches, I should say, to those listening over, on the over, podcast. Over the, oh yeah, of course. So over the, over the last four, um, Kane's top with four point four four xgi over the last four, followed by Chris Wood. Yay! Um, <laughs> yeah. Then we then we got Salah. Then the aforementioned Pereira. Then I couldn't believe this one. Dwight Gale. Yeah, there he Dwight is. Dwight Gale's in fifth. In fifth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but then after Dwight Gale, <laughs> after Dwight Gale, we have we have Bruno. Um, followed by Ian Acho, Lacazette, Jota, De Bruyne, and and Mason Greenwood. Um, so yeah, I, I mean I don't own Bruno and I'm not planning on getting him back. However, if they do get a double game week, I'm gonna be absolutely terrified. Um what, what do you think, Joe? Um, well, uh, before I before I I'll reel off a couple more tables, um, uh, Seb, you you give your, your your opinion first. So, what do you think? I mean, these underperforming oh, sure. shields like Fernandez and Jota are the main ones people are thinking of ditching. Are they are they players to recommend now? Do you think? Do they players to get rid of? I have Jota, and I'm pretty happy with him. I mean, if anyone was expecting him to cover Salah, I think we discussed this at the time. I'm not sure that was the move. I think his numbers are okay. Watching him play, he's gone close a few times for me. I'm satisfied with that with that price at the moment. Bruno Fernandes is a really interesting one. In your table there, he's about middle with the last four starts. Um, I have here in the last six, where his XGI is actually top of midfielders, mm-hmm. just ahead of Salah with 4.4. Salah's got 4.02. Better than Dwight Pere- Gale, is with 3.93. better than Dwight Gale? Would you I, I would take a stab in the dark that he might be a little bit better than Not Dwight Not on Gale. the last four, Stapsy is Dwight Gale's better. <laughs> Who, who do you think will score more points between now and the end Dwight of the season? Gale. Dwight Gale. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would happily take that bet with you. But Bruno Fernandes is kind of watching the game at the weekend. He's one of those where I think this has always been the case. And people who you know, didn't really rate him as an option have made this argument that if you take penalties out of the equation, he very much kind of ticks along. So at the weekend, I don't think he was particularly impressive. But he was the one on a lot of those set pieces that went quite close. He created a chance for... I think it was Mason Greenwood very early on. So he just racks up those shots and those chances every now and again, which probably is why he's top of the table, with, oh, top of my table I've got here in the last six, without really us expecting it. We're probably so used to him performing to such a standard that this feels like underperformance, when really I'd say it's not. So it's more about can you get better options for that money? Yeah, okay. Um, I mean, look at, yeah, I mean, just looking at last four matches, you've got, obviously got to look at all season, last six, last game week. There's all, a whole bunch of stats you should be looking at, really. But last four is just, a, you know, at one of many gauges to look at. Um, for, okay, so my answer, I've, I've got, I haven't put them on the screen, but I'll, I'll read them out. I've got the goals imminent table and the assist imminent table. I'll put them up on my um, Twitter feed so uh, people can have a look at them. There, but so the goals imminent table is a minimum of ten shots, and there's no more than a goal over the last four. But absolutely top of that is Richarlison. He is due. He's had twelve goal attempts, um, three big chances. He's missed them all. He's had ten shots inside the box. This is big, um, and uh, just uh, no no goals. Just that assist. Leno helping him out. Um, but second is Fernandez. So when a player like Fernandez starts appearing on the goals imminent table and moving up the goals imminent table near the top or the top, I start thinking, oh dear, I don't want to be getting rid of him. And so I'm tempted to keep hold of Fernandez um, based on the fact that he's had 14 goal attempts in his last four. 
Um, he's had two big chances, six shots inside the box as well, um, and no goals to show for it. Um, Raheem Sterling, if he plays, another option there. Um, Havertz, Mane, Basuma, Mason Mount, goals imminent there. Uh, Mitrovic at Fulham, if he gets a start. Uh, McGoldrick at Sheffield United. I should have included him in the unfashionable piece. You don't get more unfashionable than Sheffield United striker. But nevertheless, McGoldrick, uh, 11 shots he's had in the last four. Um, eight inside the box, but just two on target. So we can see why he's allegedly due. Um, and then Armstrong at Southampton is there. But moving on to my assist imminent table, Fernandes is there as well. So he's, he's only, this is only having a minimum of seven chances created, but no more than one assist in the last four. He is, he's on that list of about 10. Um, he has created seven chances. Um, his cross completion is 16.7. He's at 18 crosses. Um, and um, yeah, this is basically the crossing is not being very successful. But if he can tighten that up a bit, we're talking assist time for him. He's just had that one assist in the last four. Um, interestingly on that list as well is a player that I'm targeting and please no one get him in because his price will go up and I'll be locked out of it but I'm interested in Tielemans who's um, the Alexander Armstrong of Leicester so chances created 8 corners 18 um, crosses absolutely tons of them um, once again not as successful with the crosses so we might see Madison take over there with Tielemans I might be looking at I might be out of date already but I am interested in Tielemans as a make-weight for getting Kane back um, and also tapping into Leicester's great fixtures. And he is the most creative Leicester player at the moment. Um, and also worth pointing out, Luke Shaw is there in this system. And 14 chances created, 19, an eye-popping 19 corners he's taken. Um, he has now overtaken Alexander-Arnold as the most likely to assist among defenders over the last four matches. So Luke Shaw better than Alexander-Arnold, shocker. Um, and, and, and I've seen loads of other stats people have been putting up on Twitter about um, about Luke Shaw topping loads of um, various metrics for defenders in all of Europe as well. So he's trying to, he's trying to get a bit global on Luke Shaw here. So that's my answer to it. The, on, the only thing on Tillman's mm. is I'm just having a quick look as well now. Do you think with James Madison back, his role will be impacted? Because without Madison, you maybe would expect him to be taking more of that creative burden. Mm. With Madison, potentially, you know, those assist imminent are never going to come if he is maybe dropping back on fewer of the chance-creating duties. It's only a brief comparison, looking at the match against Crystal Palace uh, the other night. Yeah. The heat maps are Madison, possibly what you'd expect. Mm. Tillman's a lot more of the ball, about twice as many touches, more on the right-hand side, whereas Madison's on the left similar amount going forward so while they are shaping up with sort of Tillman's in theory in the hole uh, in the in midfield and Madison in the hole they seem to be getting a lot of touches in similar advanced mm. areas and Tillman's created two chances I have here and Madison created one so despite wondering if Madison will damage Tillman's the evidence so far maybe says no the frustrating thing with that as a Madison owner is and I've noticed it the last two games so even before um, he came back in is Tielemans is actually taking the set pieces ahead of Madison even yeah. though Madison's back yes and Madison's being subbed off and may, someone said I think it was oh, I, can't, I can't remember his name now Sam the Leicester fan on Twitter he was saying that Madison actually got injured taking a set piece oh. so maybe that's why oh. Tielemans is actually taking them at the moment so the and, equivalent of like actually, a goalkeeper with you know cramp or something can't take a, a kick so the defender yeah. will take it for him it's that kind of thing Tielemans is 
sort of his crutch. Yeah, I know what you mean. Because like when Martinez got injured in a game earlier in the season and I think Concer was taking the goal kicks. Mm. But I'm actually, I think if I could redo that transfer and get a Madison in, I'd consider Tielemans a, a lot more after the last game. And it, I guess that the Tielemans pick would kind of match up with the, the topic we were talking about yeah. earlier with the, the unglamorous players. I know Tielemans, I think, is really glam though, isn't it? He's like, you know, the young Belgian guy, you know. And what I like about Tielemans is just the eye test is that he's got that Gundogan feel to him where he's just like, whoa, where's he come from? He's suddenly scoring or he's suddenly assisting. Um, and I quite like that. He's always he's always a player I've, I've admired um, watching in the game. So, um, yeah, I yeah, no, don't, no one else buy him, though. I don't want his price going up. No, and if Vardy <laughs> gets injured or gets rotated, I guess he might be on penalties if Perez isn't playing. Yes, another good point. Yeah. Um, you think he's worth a go anyway um, because of... So, in a nutshell, really, I would be removing Jota for him lest have a double coming up um, Liverpool are, are the Liverpool I think Liverpool with the stats you need to look at last four last whatever but you need to look at all season and a Van Dyke list Liverpool it's just this is the, not their season this is not not the amazing season so it's perhaps not the season to double triple up a lot of people have got Alexander-Arnold for example and Salah and Jota um, and I don't know when I'm watching Liverpool play. I think Salah looking for the golden boot um, is enough incentive for me. But I, I, I can't. Liverpool do not look like an amazing side to uh, invest in. Whereas Leicester do at the moment, form wise. Their fixtures obviously take a little switch. Uh, Liverpool got Man United next. Leicester have Southampton and Newcastle. But then Liverpool, Liverpool's fixtures in the last four are sublime. Obviously putting doubles and blanks aside. That certainly tempts me and is why I you know, wanted Liverpool a few weeks ago. I guess, like you say, though, they're not quite the Liverpool we've been used to, haven't been all season. Possibly not. I mean, Van Dijk and the other centre-back injuries are a very big part of that. But we saw it possibly even before then. In the in the seasons when they were putting up silly numbers and, uh, and running away with the league, I know there's a lot of the stats community that were looking at it and going, we don't understand how they're overperforming their numbers so consistently and so often for so long to the point where people were maybe wondering are they doing something that isn't quite being captured which may well have been the case I think we've I'm not going to predict Liverpool's downfall here or anything but you see how Firmino's maybe dropped off a bit I think we've maybe seen that you know that trio up front there heyday possibly behind us doesn't mean they couldn't do brilliant things again in the future but they really peaked with the team exactly playing how we wanted we've seen Klopp's Dortmund for example maybe go through a similar phase so they probably do need this season, Van Dyke injury aside, of cooling off, maybe reworking out a few things. And even without Van Dyke, like I said, we saw the numbers maybe tail off a little. The thing they were doing last year when they won the league is so many of those results that were draws, they were just turning it into a win. I remember an Everton match. I don't know if it was a VAR decision or something, but they just got the rub of the green and they got it so often. Like we say, you know, champions are lucky. Maybe this season it's going the opposite way. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough decisions. Um, I mean, I'm in a tough place at the moment I'm caneless do I want to get Harry Kane in and if I do one of Chris Wood or Jamie Vardy has to make way meanwhile I've got two free transfers so meanwhile um, I need to free up a you know tiny bit elsewhere so I am looking at these enablers Pereira a West Brom is another one I mean statistically he's better than Jota at the moment in terms of actual FPL returns he's better than Jota but it's a classic form over fixtures. The West Brom fixtures are really awful. Let's let's get these up now. Actually, got usually look at the next four fixtures. 
Um, but it's next five now I'm going to do because it's just a season running. So we've already seen one bit, Leeds at the top. West Ham's fixtures really get good now. Um, so uh, I hope Cresswell is back to help out that team. Um, Liverpool... I, miss, I miss Antonio. I yeah, and Antonio. Antonio. <laughs> uh, no need for Antonio with Lingard. And, uh, that's and, true, that's uh, true. Uh, Liverpool, yeah, they got Manchester United, but then Southampton, West Brom, Burnley, Crystal Palace, great. Um, Sheffield United, if you want to go unfashionable. Um, after Tottenham, they've got Crystal Palace... Everton, Newcastle, Burnley. Um, but it's interesting there, Leicester, this dovetail with Leicester and, and Leeds here. So Leicester, Southampton, Newcastle, but then they've got an awful Manchester United, Chelsea, Tottenham. But then Leeds then have Burnley, Southampton, West Brom. So that's the sort of move you can be making, especially if Leicester blank around then, uh, which is very likely. And obviously Leeds won't. Um, but it's West Brom here who intriguing me and they are really low down on the fixtures. So this is form over fixtures. This is a down and out club that aren't going quietly. And they've got Wolves next who just shipped four goals to Chris Wood and co. Meanwhile, they then have Arsenal who can concede and have cup consideration. Liverpool, who, as we said, aren't, aren't, aren't the Liverpool of last season. Then West Ham, if Cresswell's not back by then or they, and Rice isn't back, well... That that he can Pereira can definitely score there, and then leads at the end final fixture. Um, bear in mind there's going to be a home match around then. So is it? We, however, it's it looks like on paper at the moment it'll still be West Ham at home. So West Brom fans will be going back. So so people in the FPL community like like Gemma and and all the all the other West Brom fans, um, they're just gonna they're well they're going to be shouting a lot <laughs> in support of their team because it's going to be great. And this is you know saying could be saying farewell to them. Or they could be cheering one of the greatest escapes of all time. Um, but I look at all that, along short is Jota is, there are better options than Jota, potentially, over the next five. But anyway, that's my love. Rich, what do you, you, when you look at that, the, the fixtures turning and all the teams at the top and teams at the bottom of the season ticket, what, what springs to mind for you with future transfers? Yeah, so I mean, the obvious one, I think it was mentioned earlier, is that Leicester fixture swing. So I'm happy having that triple attack until you know, game week 35. And then it might be a case of jumping off quickly because, I mean, actually, I mean, it's such a short span of time now, isn't it, that we've got left. Mm. Um, so few transfers. I mean, people with free hits are going to even have one less transfer than, you know, than, the, than the rest of us. So I think for my team, because it's quite... You know, it's based on quite heavy, you know, triple ups on certain teams. It's going to be jumping off Leicester. So, you know, maybe that will be something that stops me looking at someone like Dallas. I do have mm-hmm. two leads already. I can understand why people would want three. Um, yeah, it's going to be ju- who to jump off Leicester for, really. Because um, I do prefer going for, for fixtures over form. I mean, Everton are quite mm-hmm. tempting, but then their home form's not great. So they seem to have their good games seem to be at home. And they're not good at home. I guess it's also Arsenal, Richa- beautiful. Richarlison or Calvert-Lewin could be the ones. Um, but whereas the Everton yeah. defence, you think, who would I swap in? Say, for example, if you've got Pereira or Castagna at Leicester, it's like, who do you go? Do you go for Godfrey and Holgate? And... <laughs> it sounds like the cast of Dad's Army. <laughs> it does. I mean, I think a lot of these ones, they're hard to, hard to justify bringing in. I mean, I've got Dean already. And I've been holding him because I knew he had a double. And obviously that's that holding has now been about 10 game weeks. So I'm going to continue to hold him. But yeah. I don't know about bringing in defender. I mean, it's interesting because Pickford, um, I think uh, that um, the manager said that he's going to get rotated with, 
with Olsen overcoming mm. games. So as good as he's been, I don't think he could be an option. Um, there's there's a lot of a lot of these teams that have good fixtures have negatives about them as well. Yeah. And I think we touched on it earlier again. I think I'm going to try attack Man City as well. Just when the time feels right, mm. dive in, cross my fingers. <laughs> Hope for the best. What, yeah, what, what about what about you, Seb? I mean, you've we've, you've already hi- highlighted that that nice Leicester to Leeds move. But are there any other sort of changes in the season running that, that look good for transfers? Yeah, I mean, Leicester Leeds we've been speaking about for a few weeks. I think the other one is Chelsea and West Ham. I believe there is a similar sort of switch with Chelsea and West Ham in terms of fixtures. Okay. Uh, you get Chelsea have got Fulham, Man City, in which time West Ham have got Burnley, Everton. Then West Ham have Brighton, West Brom, Southampton, where Chelsea have Arsenal, Leicester, Aston Villa on the last day. So probably not quite as pronounced, but maybe an opportunity. You possibly needed Cresswell for this, but an opportunity to get rid of Alonso mm. um, over to a West Ham option, ideally Cresswell, like we say. Uh, on Chelsea, not the best fixtures. I think second bottom on our list there. But worth noting, I saw Pulisic on your list earlier. Yeah. And he scored tonight. The real issue with all Chelsea players is, you know, does he play? Yeah. Does he get the fixtures? But maybe one to keep in mind. Otherwise, I think you've covered it really well. The overall point of there being so few weeks left, it makes this kind of thing interesting because we are so much more open to variance than we have been earlier in the season. You you could pick someone like Bruno Fernandes, the perfect example. Mm. Someone who's just going to tick over for so long, you just keep him, you're going to get points. It would be very easy now to say that Bruno Fernandes could get outscored by almost anyone in only a handful of fixtures because all he has to do is you know miss one match or miss a penalty, mm. not get a couple of chances, and someone like Chris Wood goes and scores a hat-trick and there's not enough fixtures to make up for that difference. Um, in the live chat, um, Eddie Casey has asked, is Hammers Rodriguez worth it? Looking at the next game weeks and knowing that Rodriguez has been much better at home for some reason. We were talking with FPL Prince last week. For some reason, the Zedcar's music just fires fires him up, <laughs> um, which is uh, a lovely thought um, as he's lying on the beach somewhere <laughs> in his previous uh, clubs. Uh, but nevertheless, looking at Everton there, there is a lovely little hop on there. Game week 36, Sheffield United, then Wolves. So they're both home fixtures, both very good, winnable home fixtures, in which Rodriguez could get big returns there. And I think if you've got an Everton a, a slot there in midfield, perhaps some of those other teams, perhaps a Leicester, um, perhaps um, Chelsea, as, as Seb was pointing out, um, that could be a nice little um, hop-on moment there for Rodriguez. Um, certainly someone, uh, I might talk with uh, Luke in the Sky video later this week, but very much talk about hopping on and off players there because there's no price changes. So you've got more freedom to do that. But um, if you've got a slot opening up, there, game week thirty six, Sheffield United, Wolves could be, could be Hammers Rodriguez time, could be the Z cars music. Realistically, would it be fair to say we are really waiting for confirmation of that double and blank? Because obviously, what we're looking at here is you know a lovely set of single fixtures which we can plan mm. and be great with. We need to know what's coming to be sure. I mean, some people have chips, some won't. Well, I think that's going to change what we do quite a bit. It, we we sort of know what's going to happen. We just don't know when it's going to happen. But as we've seen here, it's going to happen at some point between game weeks thirty five and thirty seven. So we sort of still know when it's. So we know. Although I, th- I, th- I think you said earlier, depending on if it's the blank first or yes, the double first, that's big, that that's that big. does change your strategy. So that while big. you might go, oh, I want to target these fixtures. You possibly can't set yourself up for it no. until you know which order you so have. To you have a free hit, and those who are watching and listening who have a free hit, well done. <laughs> because yeah. if 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 that happens, if you've got that blank fixture before an amazing double, 
that's 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 party time because you can just set up your team for that double, take a break for the blank, get whoever you want in, and there you go. But, it better go well. I, I originally was saving it for this week where I, you know, had about eight players playing. So um, I hope it goes well because I took a hit this week for it. But, but what we do know, Palace, Everton, Southampton and who else? Um, Villa. Villa. All Villa. four teams who are not in the best of form are the teams to target in terms of a double game week and escaping a blank. But of those, it's very likely that Aston Villa's is going to be the one of the worst and Crystal Palace is going to be one of the best. Once again, you have to look, go back to the unfashionable pick, rewind to the unfashionable picks table for those those ones. Meanwhile, Leicester, the, the, the FA Cup um, final team. So you've got Leicester, Man City, Manchester United and Arsenal are likely to double and then blank. So we know that there's a double and a blank there. So we know the teams. We just don't know which way round it's going to be. Yeah, I think for people like myself without free hit, and it could get to the end of the season and I've been completely wrong, but I'm loading up on the bench players who are from Villa and Everton because I know they're going to have a double and they're not going to blank. Okay. And I mean, a big reason I had Villa this week was because I thought West Brom, they get a clean sheet. And I'd actually held Contra and Martinez for that reason. And obviously it's not worked out. They've all got one point. So it can go wrong. Yeah. But the good thing about these players is you can bench them. In, in other weeks so maybe filling up the bad spots with players is, could be a tactic for people without so, free hit so I've got I've got a bench boost still incredibly oh, yeah, my so... most hated of the chips and um, so it, it, what you've just said there the logical thing for me to do is look at that bench and look at teams like the Palace Southampton Everton Villa who will do a job who will get me at least some points I can bench them at other times, and then on the in a in a bench boost week, you know, can bring me returns. I just, uh, I mean, I mean, I've, they're, they're just not teams I like to have no. at the moment. They just don't, <laughs> don't fill me with any. Well, the one the one good thing is you mentioned transferring in and then transferring out for the Sky video, but we only really have to transfer them in, mm-hmm. and then thirty eight, they're gone. We never see them again. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah, well, yeah. Until it starts all again next year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, I mean, they still go in the sky as well. They don't. The sky don't march around your house and tattoo them on your chest. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I know what you mean. And I think I think uh, Rodriguez is a player that I am looking at around thirty six if I've got the transfers and if I want to. Um, but yeah, could 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 have potential there. Um, let's um, let's move on. Differential time. Um, so, Rich, uh, who is the best low-owned, and that's 5% or under, gem for the next four matches? Who, who, who well, do you reckon? I, I thought you were going to say him then. I was a bit nervous Ooh. and I was thinking I might have to change it. And then because, I, and also I didn't want to go for someone like Martinelli because I think I said that last time he got injured. <laughs> so I've gone for, and apologies if the Prince said this, I'm not 100% sure, but I've actually gone for Sigurdsson at 2.4%. I think. Now, he... Did he? I, my mind's gone blank there. I think he may have. Yeah, because I, I just thought he supports Everton. Um, but I, I'm not sure, but I, it's good. Nevertheless, I've I've gone for Sigerson. Maybe I'm biased because I'm a Reading fan, um, and I know he's not a hundred percent nailed. And in the last double game week, he did start one, and then he was benched mm. for the other game. Obviously, Hammers being back as well. But I just think Sigurdsson's so much more explosive than Rodriguez. Okay. You know, he's got the penalties. He's on direct free kicks. 
Um, he's a bit of an FPL legend as well. Um, if that, if that's your bag, it's cheaper. But yeah. Plus, it's really hard at this at finding players players under five percent who you know tick all the boxes. Um, obviously, I'm aware his you know his, his next game's not the best. Um, oh, sorry. No, his next game is the best. Um, mm. But the West Ham game's not great. But then Sheffield United and Wolves. Um, I think I almost went for him over Madison, and I kind of wish. I'd done it. How 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 much is he, by the way? Um, I'm not going to put him up because I'm trying trying to keep all my bandwidth for the for the live stream. But um, how how much is Sigurdsson at the moment? That's a very good question. Um, he's so. a very similar price to. Um, here we go. I've got it now. Six point nine. Six point nine million. So he, I mean, he's not cheap. He's no. not cheap. But then it's again, cheaper. I mean, Ma- Madison seven point three. So yeah, he's cheaper than Madison. Mm. Um, but obviously he could, he could and probably will miss out occasionally. But yeah, I, I really do wish I'd gone for him now and still might try and squeeze him in, in somehow. In the live chat, you've got fans there for that. Marco Leary, surely Siggy over Hammers, he says. And, oh, there we go. and then he adds in, it's Siggy time. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, I, for me, it's, it's the security of starts. But yeah, you can't doubt Sigurdsson at the moment as... as as an unfashionable FPL point scorer, so when we we looked at this last week, um, I believe I believe Prince did pick Sigurdsson, but we can double down. That's it. That's I'll fair enough. We, we, <laughs> we can double down. It's we so love it. good. We love we're going to pick him twice. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I just just gave the numbers up now in the last six, so it will have progressed one week. But Sigurdsson has an XGI of two point two eight. Hamez has one point two four, and Min's per XGI is about the same, like one eight six to three four five. So it's not because of minutes. Obviously, Sigurdsson's got penalties in there, and I think he does have one, maybe two penalties in there, but he's going to keep taking them. And on starts, when we discussed this last week, it was that, and I think we saw vaguely what we expected, which was Hammers. I think we might have expected Hammers off the right, Sigurdsson mm. at 10, but we saw Hammers at 10, Sigurdsson off the left, but kind of coming inside, allowing Dean to go around the outside of him. And I quite liked how Sigurdsson and Dean were interchanging and playing between, not interchanging quite, I guess, Dean providing that width from Sigurdsson playing the ball into that position where you maybe expect your player on the left to be. I reckon that works okay for them. And I think, you know, bar changing shape, I think they might head forward with that. I think there's every chance he plays enough minutes to justify, especially with slightly better stats. Um, in the live chat again, Ryan Cameron, let's get Siggy with it. So more more love for Sigurdsson here. Um, Historia Films Kenya, of they'll be dancing in the streets of Historia Films Kenya fame when they do well. Um, Siggy is very fashionable in Iceland. So there we go. Stand for approval from the great Kenyan Historia Films industry. Um, so yeah, um, I, I'm not going to pick Sigurdsson next week. Um, because, but he is good <laughs> to have and he is an ideal differential because he is explosive and he can get double digit returns anytime and because he's got penalties um, I like uh, I mean the same thing applies when I was talking about Rodriguez game week 36 Sheffield United and Wolves at home it could be Siggy time so yeah good pick good pick um, I wish I got him now <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm tempted I when I asked the price as well because I am actually point three i think out point two or three so he's just above what i'm i'm looking to get um but i would be tempted so there you go so if you've got a bit more cash in the bank um and you want to get rid of someone like jota or you've got another player to get rid of sigurdsson double game week coming up double digit returns whenever um let's have a look at our transfer and captaincy plans so is my lot um so 
Hmm. So I've got Mendy plays Fulham, hopefully. Uh, Alonso, I think, is going to get this Fulham match. Uh, Veltman leads at home, so potential there. Luke Shaw, he's better than Alexander-Arnold. Um, Liverpool at home. That, that's 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 on paper nil-nil. Fernandes has got Liverpool at home. Uh, Lingard, Burnley, Salah, Manchester United, obviously. Son, I've got in, my vice-captain currently. Uh, Chris Wood, the mighty. Uh, Vardy, Ian Acho's my captaincy, at, my captain at the moment. And on my bench, I'm benching Jota. So at the moment, he's pretty much surplus to requirements currently. Cody, I'm benching, and Phillips, I think, is going to be going to be back very soon. And given uh, the way that Liverpool conceded, I think he's going to want Klopp's going to want Fabinho back in midfield, and he's going to want Phillips back in defence. Um, and I've got Forster, so I've got potentially some issues. So I'm pleased I wild carded when I did because um, the longer this wild card goes on, the worse my team's going to get. So it's it's like a sliding scale of awfulness. So obviously I wildcarded a couple of weeks ago and it was good. You know, th- those differentials like Chris Wood have come in, but, you know, I can't rely on Chris Wood every week. Um, but my main decisions are probably to get Kane in. Kane is just, Spurs have got good fixtures. Kane is the main man. Um, Kane in for either Chris Wood, which would mean I would have to downgrade Fernandez, or Kane in for Vardy, which would have downgraded Jota. And I prefer the latter, I think. Um, and I think that will consolidate me and help me move on and push on into the top 100k potentially so I have to think of you know strategy for the rest of the season I think going without Kane when he's got a tough match going without Kane when he's got a blank easy peasy but going without Kane when he's got an on paper easy match and Kane is a much better prospect this season than he has been in recent seasons uh, that's not advisable I don't think (laughs) so yeah Vardy to Kane I'll take whatever Vardy gets on the chin and um, and then I'm looking at something interesting for Jota and that's Tielemans Pereira a West Brom I'm just priced out Sigurdsson I could also do Alonso to maybe Dallas I've got options I've got I've got a bit of money for that enabler two free transfers and options there so I'm quite excited about that because I'll be getting a, a, a player that you know should do well in Kane who's a good captaincy option along with Iheanacho and at the same time I can do something a bit a bit exciting with an unfashionable pick <laughs> like a West Brom player um, so is that someone you're going to have to bench immediately why would I bench Pereira immediately oh if you do so obviously Jota on your bench at the moment if you do Jota yeah. out and Kane in for Vardy, well, would the Jota replacement be on your bench this week or would they be well, coming into your 11 to replace I would him? actually be tempted. See, a lot of this is dependent on whether Cresswell is back for West Ham. If Cresswell isn't back for West Ham, Lingard's stats have dropped off a cliff without Cresswell. So Lingard is first sub if Cresswell isn't in. If Cresswell's back, the play is much better. Lingard's got much more potential. So a lot of people would think, oh, well, benching Lingard... But I do think he's a good first sub. And also, the way it's panning out, I'm probably going to need sub, a, a sub, first sub at the moment. But yeah, so that's 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 a, an option there. Um, so um, yeah, I don't know. Lots to think about. But definitely Kane in somehow. And I've, I've got I've got ways to do it. <laughs> um, I'd be terrified benching Lingard. <laughs> oh, you've got to... I don't know. You're, you're talking to a veteran Chris Wood owner. That's I true. take that is true. I take the thrills and spills of the season. Um, okay, Rich, you have Martinez, Ailing, Alexander Arnold, Luca Dean, 
Lingard, Rafina, Salah, Madison, Kane, Captain, Bowie Wise, Vardy, Vice, Ian Acho. And on your bench, Jota as well, surplus to requirements there. And your, um, your, your bench there, concert target, um, and McGill. Uh, I say just random. That's too unfashionable. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, what, what are your plans? Are you going to make any transfers? Have you already made transfer? Are you moving the captaincy? No, do you know what? I've done back-to-back weeks with minus eights, just trying to fix injuries. I've had stuff like a couple of weeks ago, like a Bamiyang had malaria. It's just been constant injuries. Now I have a bench and only one injury concern in Rafinha, who, you know, I've got Jota who can come in. I'm even happy if console or Target away to Everton have to come in. So I think I can actually take a break this week. I don't have to stress on a Friday night or Friday afternoon about, you know, am I going to do a minus eight? Am I going to do a minus 12? Shall I roll and play 10 players? So yeah, a bit of a relaxed one for me. I'm going to, I'm going to roll. And then maybe I could look at changing Madison. You know, if he doesn't start getting more minutes, if he's not on set pieces, maybe then I could look at someone like Sigurdsson and I mean, Kane captain, I can't. I can't be tempted by a Leicester player on Friday. I think if the turnaround time wasn't was a bit longer, if the Leicester players had more rest, I'd be more tempted. So yeah, boring for me. Roller transfer, Captain Kane. Um, I just just before we come to Seb's team, I just answered something in the live chat. Lars Nielsen said that that I'm a Brighton fan. That's me. Joe's a Brighton fan. Um, I think he made that choice. I think he's all about getting Chris Wood in with his heart and not his brain. Oh no! I think it was your. You've got. Um, I can't believe that. People. You've got okay. Veltman playing over Cody. Yeah, yeah. Because so I think was it is it because uh, Veltman and Brighton's defense is really good and Wolves are just shit then, four goals Co- to, Co- to, Cody, to Cody's, got, <laughs> Cody's got West Brom, I guess. So yeah, I I I can see that. Yeah, I mean you like Pereira, don't you? So yeah. if I if I, I had the two, I'd Chris probably Wood. I'd probably start Cody over Veltman, but. Yeah, I mean, hey, we discussed how Leeds' Leeds attacking numbers aren't as good as they've been in the past. So I think it's closer than maybe we think, but I might go okay. good in myself. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah. I mean, I, I look at that as a sort of a periphery thing. I mean, my game week is not going to be defined by Cody or Veltman. So whichever of those decisions I get, I make, it's just not going to define. I, mean, I say a famous last words with. I'm, Co- I'm so Co- excited for a Cody hat Co- Cody's hat trick. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't think my game week is going to be defined by that move. But however, it will be defined by Kane. And and same with all of ours. So Seb, your team here much better. You got you got you got players and a bench. Um, and what a bench! <laughs> okay, I, I, I wish I still had a bench boost. I was looking okay. at this earlier, going, I don't know who to bench. Yeah, I I bench. Yeah, that's good. So um, you you read, you read it out um, for the for the sure. podcast listeners. I have Hugo Lloris in goal, Trent Alexander-Arnold, and Lucas Luca Dean and Pereira from Leicester at the back. Rafina in midfield, although of course mm. if he's still injured, he'll drop to the bench. De Bruyne and Gundogan and Son finishing my midfield and Watkins, Kane captain and Bamford up front. Martinez, Ailing, Jota and Shaw on the bench. So plenty of options there oh, to come in for Rafina. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, was, I, I mean, the shape I've got there as well, what I've just read out, um, possibly isn't what I'll end up with. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, there's a bit of shuffling around to do there. I guess Rafina, I, don't, I almost wouldn't mind if he doesn't play. I've, I've got some substitutes for him for once. Um, realistically, though, I mean, like we said at the beginning, you know, bad week. Uh, bad week this week, good week, hopefully next week. But realistically, the rest of my season is about, yeah, just pottering along, trying to get a half-decent finish, but maybe learning for next. I mean, I've gone from finishing in triple figures last season to currently outside the top 200k this one, which would be, I think that'd be my worst finish in about 12 years or something. So 
I'm happy to take that one on the chin and maybe do a bit of learning, see, you know, reflect on what I've done well, wrong. What about Luke hopefully Shaw? Hopefully this next week. What about Luke, Luke Shaw? Shaw? So best, best, most attacking defender in Europe currently, and he's obviously better than Alexander-Arnold, against, in, against Liverpool in a top six match for Manchester United where they notoriously get nil-nil. And Shaw is good for bonus. What... Um, it's not only why is he bench, but also why is he third on the bench? I would consider either playing him or it's definitely first sub, surely. Like I said, it's not finalised yet. Mm. I agree, Shaw could be higher up. I don't know. I mean, there's you could see a world where I play Luke Ayling and bench both. It's one of those classic, you know, Man United, Liverpool, you don't play defenders against them. Obviously, they're from each other's team. Yeah. The attacking, you know, you mentioned Luke Shaw's attacking numbers there, but then also said that Man United get nil-nils against the top six. Yeah. So I can't have both of those. So if I think Luke no, Shaw get, isn't going to put points, that attack, so those attacking numbers up, Luke Shaw oh, gets absolutely bonus. Could, but and, uh, I, I guess, what, what do you think the result will be then? Let's, let's I think it's going to be nil-nil, nil, Luke Shaw, nine points. <laughs> then, uh, then, I should play both, then I should play both of them. Exactly. Alexander-Arnold and Luke Shaw, two, two of the best defenders. Well, Luke Shaw, the best defender in Europe <laughs> in terms of so attacking. So who, 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 who do you then drop from the rest oh, of the I team? Oh, i drop Luke Dean. Luke Dean, Pereira. Yeah. You would drop Luke Dean against Aston Villa. I think, I think Pereira, I think your choice potentially would be made for you with Pereira, but you never know. This could be the game he actually plays. But yeah, I, would, I would I would be tempted to play Shaw over Luca Dean and or definitely Rafina. That once again that choice might be made for you. So I Rafina, reckon I reckon I will probably keep Luca Dean in there. But yeah. like I said, I mean there's a few people in the chat pointing out as well. It's definitely not final. I had, no. you know, so many options. I threw some together earlier for Joe. I think yourself, Joe, and a few people on the bench mm. have said that Luke Shaw first sub at the very least for Rafina yeah, would be yeah. a good shout. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, and then, then we'll have a look. I'm going to play with this until the end of the yeah. week and try you and get my best combination. Have you considered? Because I'm looking at your team. And I'm first of all, I'm jealous because several of the players on your bench uh, in my starting team, and yeah. I was happy with that. Yeah. But um, have you considered maybe four or even five at the back and? Benching Watkins, I could actually see a route like that. Um, that's not that's not a bad chat. Yeah, that's not a bad chat. Quite like that. Because um, short defenders yeah. that look, I mean, all five of them could be incredible. Yeah, like this week. This, yeah. I mean, I mean, re- realistically, I wonder if some of these decisions will be made for me. I could spend the rest of my week crafting my bench order, and hey, I will. This, but we could see, you know, Gundogan not play. We could see Rafinha injured. We could see Pereira not play, and there's my three bench options that come off anyway. My, my former co-host has. Um, would absolutely ew, faint with joy at that, that back line. If he could play, Alexander he loves attacking <laughs> defenders. Alexander Arnold, Luca Dean, Pereira, Ailing, who's got a goal, uh, an assist or two in him, and Luke Shaw all together. Say if, if Ailing was Dallas, he would, he would actually faint. <laughs> um, yeah. But that's, that's, <laughs> that that's a really a, what, what Rich was saying. I'd be very tempted with at least four at the back there. Yeah, fair. But yeah, yeah, like I say, just to be super clear, this is not final no. in any way. There's a fair few things to think about. And I didn't think of the Watkins one, so just for pointing that out. Okay, well, that's a good position to be in, that we're both envious of your bench. <laughs> well, I don't know, is that more envious of your bench than your main team? But um, but your bench is a, <laughs> it's, it's a, good, it's a good team. But um, yeah, like you took your medicine last week and um, yeah, fully vaccinated yeah, last, this last week. week was, last week was the week I'd held the free hit for for a while and then it looked like maybe this blank and double was a better use of the free hit so like you say i kind of just took it on the chin last week 
and hopefully have a better team, team going forward. Excellent. Well, thanks so much um, for sharing your, t- your teams and uh, thanks, Rich, for, for dropping by again. Yeah, thank you. All of us have got a lot to think about, me especially. <laughs> you know, I might even bother with Harry Kane. Never know. But in the meantime, it's a goodbye from me. So a goodbye from me. And a goodbye from me. Goodbye all. Goodbye.